Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain you and ourselves a little bit. And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil the Great Fire. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Role Players main house production. The Great Fire, Act 2 of 5. I'm Ellie and I play Percy Byron, the Exile, a Victorian monster hunter and half-sister to Ada Lovelace. Percy tried to time travel to 1666 to stop the summoning of an apocalyptic demon, but something went wrong and she landed here in the present day. I'm Dave and I play Mick the Mundane. Mick is Sheridan's favourite builder, but his life has been getting weirder since he dug too deep and hit a ley line. I'm Strat and I play Briar, the Monstrous. Briar is a shape-shifting fey guardian of the Rosebriar Forest. They take their job very seriously, but can get a little distracted if there's mischief to be made. My name's Chris McLennan and I'm playing Ed Kincaid, the Professional. He's a disgraced MI5 agent who's been kicked down to a basement to investigate reports of ghosts and little green men and other things that definitely don't exist. He just wants to file his report and go home. The River Brack burst its banks. Stay calm and everything will be alright. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty calm, but you have just stolen my van. Everything falls off the shelves in the back as the van tips onto its side. As Mick runs, the nearest ley line starts to blaze. Miss Byron, as I've been saying, our appointment is overdue. I offer a rolling back of this awful timeline. Can you truly say that this is not something that would appeal to you? I cannot. Percy's looking very sad and fiddling with the amulet she wears around her neck. She hears Mick clattering around <laughs> at the bottom of the abbey as he comes to a stop, but is like very huffing and puffing, very tired. Percy, Bert, I've got something here that you need to look at. Where are you? <laughs> coming. <laughs> what? Your voice is coming from really high up. Where are you? Percy sticks her head out of the window. <laughs> up here. And he's going to just hold up the thing that he found and say, something's going on with this. I'm feeling feeling like you need to 
work out what it is. Percy shins down the rope. Yeah, I just, we, there were two men on fire, or nearly on fire, they were hot, they pushed me, they were mean, and <laughs> this thing was talking, like, calling to me, I just, I needed to get it, so I brought it to you. Who, who, which men? Uh, it was Dennis, the postman. Yeah. And that lollipop man. Charlton. Yeah. They were hot. I knocked one over. Hot. Oh, right. Let me get this straight. <laughs> hot in the traditional sense or in modern parlance? Yeah. Were they warm? They were warm to the touch. Right, right, right. Okay. And they seemed stronger than they should for people who I thought were old. I mean, no offence to Charlton. He, he's probably looked after himself, but he really, he got me good. Okay. This is, I, well, we know what this is. This is old Smokey, isn't it? He's coming for me. But is, is my weird plastic stick connected, you think? Well, we haven't really ever closely examined this. It took a back seat, considering all the other goings on. Shall we take a closer look? It looks like a stick to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get it up to my test room. So Percy's set up in this in this room in the tower, all her books and papers and so on, but also a, a sort of, I guess, like potions room mm-hmm. type situation, like a, a lab where there's all kinds of very much old school bottles of bits and things. And, and also um, she's wired up some kind of electricity station to um, run currents through different things and, and work out what different properties cursed objects have. You've got you've built a Frankenstein's lab in this top in this tall yeah. tower. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's why <laughs> she had such specific requirements in her property search. <laughs> so there is there is literally a testing area to to run various different tests on things. Great. Let's roll investigate a mystery. Yay! Two six sided dice plus sharp. Okay, I have a plus one for sharp. That is seven. Okay. What was it going to do? Hmm. So, Percy, the first time you saw this device, object, whatever it is, you had only just come to this time period. And, like, even the materials it's made of were kind of unfamiliar. So you just couldn't get a handle on what it was. You've been here in the 21st century for nearly a year now. You know the materials and you're much more up to date on the technology of the time. And it doesn't take too long for you to realise that this is an updated version using modern materials of a key component of yours and Ada's time machine design. Of course it is. And it is a critical component. Like The design cannot work without this. Okay. Not like the cup holder or... No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have good news and bad news. Mm-hmm. The good news is I know what it is. Oh, good. The bad news is it's part of a time machine and that's probably going to be used for nefarious purposes. So does that mean there's another person out of time here? I think it means there is a being of evil intent, considering we found this item, who is either able to now or was trying to be able to time travel for their purposes, which surely cannot be good. I've told you of my purposes, Miss Byron. Is this just in my head? Yep. <laughs> okay. I can say they haven't got Mick already, have they? <laughs> they can sync with the Miss Byron, you hear someone go, Miss Byron! From outside. <laughs> Percy sort of shakes her head 
to try and get the voice out and work out what's inside her head and what's outside her head, which I think is a, a, a common gesture that she's having to do now more and more frequently. She sticks her head out the window. Yes? You see Ed bedraggled, having clearly half waded here and uh, just in a combat vest with a you know, gun across his back and his suit shoes just sort of tied to his belt because he doesn't want to ruin those. He's not buying them new shoes. Uh, and he's quite horribly burnt uh, on his arm. It's going, what if you could maybe give me a hand? Uh, you don't have two functioning hands right now, do you? Or do you? I mean, the hand's fine, but it's, you know... Okay, you can climb dro- up the rope. On a droopy arm. Climb up the rope. <laughs> he struggles to climb up the rope, but he gets up. It's fine. <laughs> you know, the two at the top can help. You know, you can put your foot in the stirrup at the bottom and they can do say, a bit of lifting yeah. as well as you climbing. What's happened? Uh, it, it's going to sound insane, but, like, uh, he looks cross and, like, you've got all your things there, you do do. <laughs> you already know, don't you? <laughs> Well, in that case, Stan burned to death, but otherwise... Ah, that's a shame. Michael? Was Stan was hot too? Is that... Can we stop saying <laughs> hot? Possessed is, I think, probably the, the correct term. That doesn't sound good. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I just look at you. <laughs> Gesture. <laughs> yes! Let's he was hot. <laughs> Let's sort the arm out. Mick, you've... Stan has run that B&B since as long as you've been alive. Oh, wow. Did I like... I like Stan. Yeah, well, he was being weird, and then he got all hot, and then he burst into flames, and... But the... Dennis and, and Charlton, they didn't burst into flames. How, what? How, why did he burst into flames? Yeah, I might have shot him a little bit. Mm, that may have escalated things. But, you know, he was already a bit flamey, and so I can't have He had a message for you as well. Me? He said just to tell you he's waiting. Oh, well... I thought it might have been mooted by the fact that he then... Clearly wasn't, but... <laughs> yes, he didn't hang about. Okay. Um, I haven't really shared this with you all yet because it felt awkward, but I believe that the demon that does the smoking and is warm is possessing more and more people in order to get to me. And now that those people are combusting, I, I can no longer ignore that call. As you say that, the bird shoots through the window, lands on the floor, turns into Briar's puka form, and Briar turns to Percy and says, Byron, I don't care what you're doing, nothing is more important than this. Mick can draw magic from ley lines! (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting. Oh, it's you. And Briar turns into Robin Goodfellow. Robin Goodfellow is, like, the most kind of beautiful man (laughs) that you will see. And beautiful is the only term that anyone in Sheridan would ever be able to use to describe him. Like, it's proper traditional fairy being somebody human kind of thing. Gilet, but um, National Trust branded. Chinos? Chino, yeah, chinos. Beautiful kind of like Chelsea boots that never seem to have any mud on them, despite the fact that he's always traping all over the place. Yeah, sort of sandy coloured hair that always seems to be slightly different and looks more like fur than hair, if you catch it in the right light. And every now and again blinks and has kind of uh, city cat eyes that kind of, if you yeah look closely, you'd see them change to that back to human 
depending on how much Briar is bothering to concentrate. <laughs> Whatever you are, it doesn't have the same effect if I see you do it. Percy, where are your tea and coffee making facilities? Um, beverages are top cupboard on the left. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Mine's a chamomile tea. <laughs> of course it is. Briar, I was just sharing the the news that I mean, Kincaid will not want to hear and then we'll instantly forget <laughs> that uh, the smoke demon that has been possessing people to try and talk to me is is um, increasing the quantity of people and burning through them more quickly. Uh, so I fear I can no longer ignore the call. Well, no, these are my friends. This, this is my town. We need to sort it out. Yes, that's what I said. But quick, how do we get there? You said you're going to meet him. What do you mean? Well, I don't, I will have to arrange that, I suppose. Demons are all very well, but didn't you hear me? He's sucking up magic from ley lines. You're doing that on purpose, A literal Nick? connection. I don't have one of those. Nobody has one of those. I wouldn't say on purpose, no. Look, I just ran. How long have you, in the knowledge that people are being burnt through, as you so eloquently put it, have you been ignoring the call? <laughs> teaching you all to you know slow it down but it's it's accelerating right michael milk sugar uh just black please dandy lad must brew for no longer than 30 seconds <laughs> no fewer than i'm not starting again <laughs> i mean well i won't drink it <laughs> that is not my concern milk sugar yes right the other reason, of course, Percy, is that there's just been a lot of other stuff going on. Yes, we're constantly like, fighting things. There's always been a higher priority up until this point. We've been in a holding pattern, and that is no longer feasible. That's what I'm saying. And also, obviously, I'm sorry about Ch- Charlie and Dennis. Oh, and primarily Stan, who is actually dead. Sorry. But we've got time to save the others, so we should... How? Let's set up this meeting. With your yes. fan- fancy fire person. Yep. Great. Voice in my head who I don't <laughs> engage with usually. Now's the time. Set a time and date. What time are you picking me up? <laughs> if I must escort you, then I shall. But you are an intelligent woman. I'm sure you can find the place. The time at your earliest convenience. Honestly, for a demon that's been trying to get hold of me and to meet for so long, to not specify the venue is frankly lazy. Demons are the worst. I could just come back in with the teas and coffees and go, yeah, what happened to good old-fashioned letter writing, you know? <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> what 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 do they say? We know where to go? What's going on? Oh yeah, sorry, you can't hear that. Um, they've specified as soon as possible and um, that I should know the place because I'm smart. <laughs> do you know the place? <laughs> <laughs> do I know the place? <laughs> I do. You, you know this demon, and so yes. you, you would be able to narrow down the places that it could hide. You know this demon, you know its qualities, yeah. and you know that it has it has kind of stayed under the radar, possibly since you time-travelled. Yeah. Because it was there, like, storming towards the Sheridan, mm-hmm. you know, Order HQ as was what is now Sheridan Library. It was storming towards you then... You time travelled and it's now here now. Maybe it's been here that whole time, but like there's been no 
activity from no. it. No, so until been, I arrived. It's been concealed. Right. You know that it is made of pure flame. Yeah. So that makes it quite difficult to hide. Unless there's somewhere that's always on fire. <laughs> so where is it hot? Where's it hot or where's it cool to stop it from spreading? Where might it have been stopped? Because I'm assuming it got stopped by some of the people that I left behind when I time travelled in 1852. So, yeah, I'm wondering if it's trapped in a cold place or a wet place. If it's trapped, how is it spreading its flame? You know it needs to touch people to infuse flame into them. Yeah. So it needs to have been able to get to Stan and to Charlton and to Dennis. Or can it do it through people? So like, can a possessed person touch another person and then pass it on? Um, what should we worry about? Ed then? Ed? <laughs> Again, a thing you, you would know from having fought this thing in the past, if it directly touches a person, it can infuse enough flame to control them. Okay. And that will burn that person out in roughly two weeks. <laughs> If a person who has had flame infused into them touches another person, they can infuse a smaller amount of flame. Yeah. So this is what's happened to you. Mm. You can hear the demon's voice. You can converse with it, but it can't directly control you. And it's not burning you out, or at least not as fast. Yeah. So that's, if anything, that's the situation Kincaid would be in. Although it doesn't seem like he's hearing any voices. It seems like it might have just... Well, he might, like, he might not be very susceptible to burn, that. <laughs> yeah, either that or it's just burned him without actually pushing anything Also, inside. presumably, if he could get to you through me, it wouldn't have called you just now. Yeah. All right, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compere. While the players are getting ready for their next scene... Why don't you and I have a quick look at the programme? So, earlier this year, Strat, Helen and Natalie Winter from Merely Role Players joined Fiona Howart, the host and regular GM of the What Am I Rolling podcast, on Twitch for a two-part live-streamed game of The Between, a role-playing game of monster hunting in Victorian London, GM'd by the game's designer, Jason Cordova. If that sounds familiar, it's because I have mentioned it a few times in these intervals already, but what I can tell you now is that both parts of the story are now available on the What Am I Rolling YouTube channel, and both parts, in a trimmed-down podcast-friendly version, both parts are now available on the What Am I Rolling podcast as well. The full story, now available, whether you prefer to watch the the full uncut thing in video or listen to the, the cut-down audio, however you want to experience this live stream game of The Between, you now can. Whichever version you're looking for, you want to head over to wairpodcast.com. Next. Did you know that there are actually still people out there who've never listened to a podcast. I'm not just talking about people who've never listened to our podcast. There's plenty of them, and that's less surprising. But there are people still out there who've never listened to a podcast ever at all in their life. To try and change that, 
April has been declared Adopt a Podcast Listener Month. This is something being run by a company called Tink Media, who've arranged some of the promo swaps that we've had here on Merely Role Players. Their theory is that if somebody who's never listened to a podcast ever before in their life heard just one, just one really, really good one that really fits them and shows them how good it could be, then they might enjoy that and then listen to another one and another one. And that'll be good for everybody who enjoys making podcasts. So what they're asking uh, for Adopt a Listener Month in April is to find somebody whose attitude is, nah, podcasts aren't my thing, and give them a thoughtful recommendation for something that you think they might enjoy. Something that has the potential to get them hooked and go looking for more stuff. There's details uh, and guidelines and templates and things that you can use uh, and quizzes that you can do to see if you can work out what's a good recommendation for people, all at uh, tinkmedia.co slash adopt. Next up, an announcement. There won't be a backstage episode next week. I've always thought of the backstage episodes as bonus content rather than something that would necessarily happen in every single non-story act week. It just so happens that most of the time we do have enough stuff to fill all of those slots. But we've been doing Vigil for long enough now that pretty much everybody's done their character creation, so we don't have those. And we did a few episodes of building up some extra lore, and we put those out. And we don't need to do more of those because the series creates lore by itself at this point. It's self-sustaining. So not every... Vigil production is going to have a full complement of backstage episodes, so next week, no episode. Week after that, we'll be back with Great Fire Act 3. And finally, a quick reminder that we are still playing The Feed, our actual play of Unreal by Black Armada Games over on the Merely Roleplayers Instagram, at Merely Roleplayers. We're far enough into the game now that player characters, proper named characters whose videos you've seen are starting to get eliminated from our haunted Big Brother house. And note that I say eliminated because I'm covering elimination both by eviction and by other means. However, one of the currently still surviving members, a candidate for the feed final girl, is Adam from the Snyder's Return podcast, and here comes Adam now to tell you what that podcast is all about. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing game interviews and actual play podcast. We interview content creators, Twitch streamers, and fellow podcasters, and we put out our own actual play using a variety of different systems. So come and join us, come and have a listen. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or check out our website at www.snizereturn.squarespace.com. And with all that said, please return to your seats in the main house. Tonight's production of Vigil the Great Fire, Act 2, will resume very shortly. Should I try rolling to see if I know some things that will help yeah, me? Yeah, go right ahead. Is it investigate a mystery? It is, yep. Roll plus sharp. Okay, so, um... Right. 
Oh! Yay. A 13, please. Two questions. Two questions? Where did it go? That's going to be the one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, based on what we've said, based on the fact that it, this is a creature made of flame and it has been lying low for the best part of, you know, 150-odd years, I've got a couple of ideas of places it could be hiding, but I would love to hear pitches. Is it purposefully hiding or is it has been hiding hidden? So it's, it has chosen where it, it is. It has chosen a, a lair where it can stay under the radar. Presumably somewhere where it gets the post delivered by a regular post. <laughs> well, there's... Um, people have like sustainable uh, charcoal mm-hmm. businesses where they'll have managed bits of wood, like woodland and forest that they chop down. They have these massive, great big bins that are always <laughs> flaming, which would be a very easy place for being made of fire. And people would come and... And expect it, it would, to be on fire. Expect it to be on fire. Posts would need to be delivered to the business. People would drop by. No people. Would it have existed for that long? I think it's a thing that's been... Like, people have made charcoal for yeah. centuries, yeah. right? It's probably far more modern now. It also gives, you know, what is presumably a being from eons and eons ago. Yeah. Like, mm. like, I don't have to keep up with all the places <laughs> people currently always have burning fires. Mm-hmm. They've been doing that since... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Percy, like, spreads out maps of the town mm-hmm. uh, that have come from the library, unbinds all of her notes that she's made over the years about this about this creature. My immediate <laughs> idea is that it must have got as far as the library, which was our HQ when we were back then fighting. So is there a, is there a furnace at the library? There's got, there's got to be a boiler room. Yeah, boiler room. Would it be underground? Maybe. Some old fireplaces. Yes. You ever have a sort of community barbecue event? Barbecue? Not not over a hundred years ago. Oh, sorry, I forget. You, you know. Yes, on. yes. Wouldn't think so to look at me, obviously. What about, um, oh, I don't know, places with fuel? Mm. In- industrial places? Warmer. Yes, okay. Voice in head says yes. Industrial places. Train station. Uh, docks. Uh... We're not. We're not coastal. <laughs> in Sherrydown, Michael. In There's a Sherry river. Down. There's a river. <laughs> you got a dock on a river. Um. Okay. I have. I'm getting out a map that is um dated 1850, and then also a map today. All right. I'm so cir- I'm circling industrial <laughs> places. We've got an old coal mine. Is that still in existence? It hasn't been used for a long time. Mm. No, it's been it's been completely filled in and got rid of. That can't be right. We've got uh, yeah, train station as you said. Um, we've got charcoal pit. I mean, surely that's not a thing that's still in operation. Oh yes, they they um, there's a bit of managed forest on the edge of Rosebriar that they um, they chop down trees and turn it into charcoal. You're right. It's still there. And if they're doing all of it, then there's fires burning all the time. Big old pit of it. Let's go to the pit. Okay, I'm going to run. Off I go. <laughs> Straight out the window. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, actually, I'm going to go back and get the van. Actually, I can't get the van. It's on its side. Yeah, is your van okay? <laughs> oh, man. You could probably flip it back up. Flip it back up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and try and flip the van and bring it with us. 
<laughs> uh, where are you going to meet the rest of the gang? We're going you to go... stay where you are in the Abbey? No, we're going to go to the Oubliette, which is part of the library, because Percy's concerned that the demon can listen in on any plans being made by being resident in her head. But the Oubliette excludes all forms of magic, so shouldn't be able oh. to earwig from there. So, Mick, you yes. retrace your steps back to the van. It takes me a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> It is still there on its side. It's did it, it kind of landed in the middle of the roundabout, so it's not actually blocking any traffic. But there is, clearly while you've been away from it, somebody has noticed that it's happened and like there's now some police tape around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody's moved it and nobody seems to be around. Is there any sign of Dennis and Charlton? Uh, why don't you roll plus sharp for read a bad situation? Ooh, okay. I'm not very sharp. <laughs> I got an 11. Amazing. Okay, so you get three questions Ooh. from the read a bad situation list. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? Absolutely there are. Charlton and Dennis are... <laughs> Standing in front of them. <laughs> uh, Ablaze. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> Um, you see wisps of smoke leaking from the between the doors of the van. The do- back doors of the van have been closed, mm-hmm. and there is smoke leaking out that suggests that at least one of them is in there. Also, as you're being alert, looking around, you see that kind of just round the bend of the roundabout, there is a parked police car. There's no real reason why it would be like pulled up on the other side of the roundabout out of view and not, like, right by the police tape unless something nefarious was going on. Mm. So one of the questions is, what's the best way to protect the victims? <laughs> and I'm kind of seeing Dennis and mm-hmm. um, Charlton as the victims. Like, my aim is to not have them burst into flames. Yeah. So is it just leave them alone? <laughs> <laughs> There's still areas of Sheridan that are partially underwater, Perhaps immersing them in cold water would at least slow down the combustion process. You could potentially, like, right the van, drive them somewhere and, like, boot them out the back into a pond or something. That sounds like a good plan. So, yeah, I'm going to attempt to right the van. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And uh, is Briar around? Yes. Yes, a robin has been fluttering about... And will perch on top of Brixie. Then, thinking, oh, hang on, gotta be doing something. Would like to transform into what's a bird with real good sight? Hawk. A hawk. A hawk. Famously, a hawk. Yes. <laughs> this will be interesting for Mick, I suppose, because he's trying to like purposefully mm-hmm. do some strength, which he hasn't ever done. So, almost certainly wouldn't work. The dice will tell us. Here we go. So, as you, so I tried like, just just to like tilt it up. Yeah, crouch down, its... get your get your hands under the roof rail. I'm, I'm worried that now you're trying, you might throw it into the sun. <laughs> I'll succeed too well. Yeah. And roll plus weird. Here we go. Uh, that is a nine minus one, so an eight. Okay, so you're going to do it. You're going to right the van, mm-hmm. um, but you're either going to take one harm or take minus one forward. I've already taken some harm. I think I'll just. Take minus one okay. going forward. Yeah, you flip the van, or not flip it, but, you know, yeah. right it 90 degrees. It's back on its wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it tilts and, like, rocks on its uh, on its shocks, uh, the back doors burst open. I was 
coming along because I purposely wanted to see oh, Nick yes. use the thing again so mm-hmm. I could watch it closely mm-hmm. and try and determine more about the phenomena. Yep. Do you mind if we do that? Go right ahead. Now. Yeah. Before Inves- everything kicks off. Investigate a mystery plus shot. Investigating a mystery. <laughs> I have failed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a four total. Market, smoke. market experience. <laughs> yes, I have, yes. Charlton and Dennis <laughs> pop out in a cloud of smoke. The whole van is kind of now wreathed in smoke. There's like a smoke screen around it, slightly blocking Briar's vision. Charlton goes for Mick. Mm-hmm. And Dennis hocks a brick <laughs> at Briar. Oh. <laughs> it clocks you off the top of the brick scene mm-hmm. for one harm. Okay. Dennis, uh, having seen that his brick has hit home, is then dashing and, like, vaulting over the Brixie to then grab you while you're stunned, Briar. Sure. Well, I was going to try and just drive away, but <laughs> I'm expecting that isn't just a hawk, because, you know... Uh, but maybe just being in the smoky car is a good enough smoky van as a distraction. So I'm going to attempt to, like, get into the van before mm-hmm. I get grabbed and okay. drive off, billowing smoke everywhere. <laughs> okay, uh, roll plus cool... For act under pressure, mm-hmm. but minus one for the minus because you're mm-hmm. still exhausted from flipping the van. Okay, so I have one call. So does that mean this is now it's just, just a flat roll. flat roll? Just to see what's on the dice. And there's an eleven. Ooh. Amazing. Okay. I think that me jumping in and driving away, mm-hmm. I'm a bigger. Maybe they're more interested in getting me, mm-hmm. so both of them start running after the van, um, leaving Briar. So I'm just tearing down the streets in a van that's kind of half shrouded in smoke. It's like you're throwing up spray from the wheels and also yeah. <laughs> trailing smoke and being chased by these two quite old gentlemen <laughs> who are also generating their own smoke. Are you going to go at full speed or are you going to try and stay at a speed that, like deliberately stay at a speed that they can follow? Are you um, still thinking about No, I think he's in them? full panic, makes him full panic. He is just driving as fast as he can towards the library. Spraying <laughs> all over everything. You go around a, a couple of bends and they lose you. They lose the van and turn back uh, and start heading back to the roundabout to see if Briar is still stunned. Briar does not take kindly to having <laughs> bricks thrown at them. <laughs> Are they both coming at the same time? Yeah, they're kind of working as a, as a team, kind of flanking around. And actually, as you're recovering, you hear a car door open mm-hmm. and one of the local police officers, Mabel Deepwater, who you may be aware of mm-hmm. uh, as a member of the local constabulary, uh, starts coming over the rise of the roundabout from the police car. Still in hot form, just going to flap into air and streak towards... Mabel Deepwater. I think there's a lot of these flame people around and it's getting a little bit out of hand. Mabel isn't smoking as much as the other two. Well, she's the one by herself. So (laughs) going to go with her. Um, And as I zip over and I want to go, I want to be fleeing. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can take all of these three. So I'm going to zip very fast. But as I zip over, I would like to do a huge downbeat of the horse winds and attempt to use magic uh-huh. to banish a spirit or curse from a person, Hurrah. object, or place it inhabits. Cool. As if Briar's just gone, oh yeah, I could do magic. <laughs> I might <laughs> be able to help. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, which is, is there a way this could be more mischievous? I think that Mabel is known to Briar 
and Brian knows that Mabel has some form of phobia mm-hmm. of a particular sort of animal. Let's go tarantula. And so Hawk will zip and tarantula is suddenly going to go poop into tarantula that will just land on face mm-hmm. and the magic is going to attempt to basically scare <laughs> Mabel so much. <laughs> that like it, Mabel comes to the surface. Exactly. And banishes the, the demon from her. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, it works. There is no glitch. The very, very fast hawk suddenly becomes spider, latches on to oh, Mabel's. Yeah, oh. latches onto Mabel's face, and you just see Mabel's eyes go across as she tries <laughs> to focus on it and to freak her out even more. The the spider somehow manages to make a sound because <laughs> Briar can talk when there are other animals. They don't like doing it because it's kind of a weird thing and doesn't feel natural. But because this has got demon in it. The uh, spider just goes, ugly, ugly, ugly! <laughs> and just an in- a huge gout of smoke, like shot through with red orange flame, bursts out of Mabel's mouth as she screams, like a primal phobia scream at this spider landing on her face and boogling at her. <laughs> the cloud that has rushed out of her starts to dissipate into the air and then kind of descends onto Dennis and Charlton and merges with the smoke that is emerging from their mouths. And you see that like some of the cracking of their faces, some of the blackening of some of their skin, heals up. They look kind of rejuvenated. But Mabel is now just screaming with a spider on her face. She's entirely unpossessed, just a normal human. Uh, Briar remains there for a while, sort of like crawling purposely onto one shoulder, waiting for Mabel to try and slap it, them off, crawling onto the other one real quick, never being quite where Mabel thinks, maybe waiting a few seconds so Mabel thinks it's gone, and then sort of like suddenly appearing on the back of her hand, that sort of stuff. Kind of distracted by the fact there are two demons yeah. coming for them and just having fun with a mortal. Is there a mischievous prank you could play on the rest of your allies that involves these demons? Would it be mischievous to, like, lead them to where yeah. you're all meeting up? That sounds like a lot of fun. Because that's help- That's helpful, right? Because we're trying to save these people. Mick said... <laughs> you could justify it as helpful. <laughs> Mick said that he wanted to, to save them and stop them from getting got. So, um, yeah, that sounds like a, a really good idea. Briar will turn into a horse. Winnie at the demons as if to say, but can't catch me. <laughs> And kind of like run at a speed that's... Slightly quicker than a post. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. But um, Briar's going to take them on quite a journey. It's going to take a little while to get to the Oubliette because Briar's just going to have them running around town on a really weird course. Splashing through puddles. Exactly. In the meantime, Mick roars up to Sheridan Library in the van says mixed bricks on one side and the other side is just like scraped paint now <laughs> from where it's gone over. I, I think Percy and Kincaid have already arrived. I think we're sort of waiting impatiently outside the library. Okay. You're aware that Mrs. McGrew is here mm. and she also has a fragment of flame demon inside her that is being suppressed by an amulet Renko gave her. I'll jump straight out and go, inside, inside, inside. <laughs> Well, it's trouble, did you? Uh, they're following me. They're following me, I think. Okay, okay. Come on, everyone. Let's go. Let's go. I think Kincaid's very much in the, you know, check your corners sort of mode. 
much to presumably everyone else's chagrin because it's slow there's probably not anyone threatening them. are you sort of always at the back of the group just like just with, a, with a weapon drawn yeah <laughs> well this is very disconcerting for the other people in the library <laughs> <laughs> Mrs McGrew the librarian is there Polly Holt her assistant is stacking some shelves and like it's Monday morning at the library so it's not very busy but there's a few people there doing like university it's not like frantically yeah. like gesturing people yeah. getting out of the way yeah <laughs> just it's also like it's not a supernatural thing that they'll forget. It's just like some guy <laughs> running around with a gun. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Percy's got a standard line with them because this happens a lot, probably. Mm-hmm. So as as we sort of awkwardly barge into an otherwise very normal library surrounding, I'm just going to sort of shout over to the library counter. Oh, we're just um, going to do some more of our historical reenactment uh, down in down in the usual space. We'll, we'll try and keep it down. Occasional hand signals, just. Like... <laughs> Ellie, can you roll plus charm? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got a minus one charm. <laughs> oh, okay, 11. They'll do it for the reason that you told them. Great. Oh, uh, oh, I, d- I didn't see it on the um, on the calendar, uh, but I, I, they never do update it in time. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we'll clear out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, see you at Suffragette on Sunday. <laughs> Um, Mrs. McGrew stays, but everybody else clears out of the library. I guess we're going to head straight to the Oubliette and wait for Briar to catch us up. I think it'd be the safest place to be. Yeah. I, um, I did leave Briar, I think, but they were following me, so it's okay. He's fine. They're I mean, fine. Briar generally can take care of themselves, right? So let's let's carry on with the plan and go. go yeah. let's go. So I think we reached the Oubliette through a trap door in the Calisterius wing of the library. And it is a dark and like preternaturally quiet space. It feels almost like an like an anechoic chamber. Like you can kind of hear the inside of your own body more than is normal. So it's quite an unsettling place to be. Deep shadows are all of the walls, so it's kind of hard to tell actually how big the place is. Mm-hmm. But Percy, you feel like the magic that your runes give you access to is just dull, flat, unavailable. And the voice in your head, as you're kind of descending the ladder, says, very wise, and then fades out. You're alone in your own head for the first time in a couple of weeks. Oh my God, why haven't I been sleeping down here? of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.
Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> Not enough. He spent luck this session. It needs to be more than just poop. Yeah, we did poop last session. <laughs> I did say. Yeah, yeah. pooped on Cameron. Oh. <laughs>